Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll give a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion, the number to call 646-727-3070. 646-727-3070. Listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. Send messages to the show at go for again on Twitter. That's G-O-F-O-R-I-T G-N-T G-N-T G-A-N-T and we're going to talk sports and have some fun doing it. Got a poll out there on Twitter. Greg Hardy, should he play? Should, I mean, should the Cowboys cut Greg Hardy at this point in time after the photos that are out there, that's circulating out there? Should the Cowboys and Jerry Jones say, you know what, we don't want anything to do with you, we're done with you? Should they do it? Should they do it? And so that's out there for you to vote on and to think about. I'll give you my opinion as we move on throughout the course of this show. You know, so we're going to talk about that, hit up a little NBA. Of course, NFL action coming up this weekend. The NFL action that just transpired. DeMarcus Cousins, what do you do? Do you go Cousins or Carl? I'll tell you that in a moment. Let's start right now, Steph Curry. And and Steph Curry is off to an amazing start. The Golden State Warriors are off to an amazing start. They're picked up where they left off last season. And they won the NBA title. They won 82 plus 82 games, won over it. They won over 80 games, you know, and that's big time. And and they're played they played big time basketball last season. They're playing big time basketball this season. They're 10 and 0. They seem unstoppable at this point in time. Steph Curry seems unstoppable at this point in time. 46 big points last night. I mean, he was incredible. He was amazing. He was big time. And, and the thing about Steph Curry, the thing about this guy, and, and you know, he's, he's, coming on, he's, he's starting to become unguardable. From the standpoint of this, his ability to shoot the three-point shot off the dribble it's second to none. I think it's probably the greatest of all time. Off the dribble? Off the dribble? I mean, off the dribble, he's sick. He's ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's, he has a big-time handle, and, you know, with the range that he has, he becomes unguardable. I mean, he has tremendous range, unlimited range. And he's been on fire, 47% from downtown. 47%. Averaging 33 points per game. He's on a, uh, he might repeat as the MVP the way he's playing right now. 53% from the field. And this is a dude that shoots 11 three-point shots per game on average. You're taking 11 threes per game. And you're still shooting 53% from the field. I mean, there's dudes who would who love to shoot 47% from in general. But he's shooting 47% from downtown. So this guy is, 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 is just ridiculous at this point. He's ridiculous. 15 for 25 last night. 
8 for 13 from downtown, hit all eight of his free throws, five rebounds, four assists, 46 big points. Big time. He's on. He, he, he's playing at another level right now. And I know we're only 10 games in. I know this is a, a, a marathon, not a sprint. Still got 72 more left. But, and, and here's the thing, if the Golden State Warriors can stay healthy, and, and, and they stayed healthy last season, they, they, you know, health, they were healthy. They, they stayed the course, they stayed healthy, and, and, and that health was, and the thing about it is, they out-healthied every other team out there. You know, and people are saying, well, the Golden State Warriors were lucky, they were healthy, that's why they won the uh, the, the, the the NBA title, part of it, that, that that's most definitely a part of it. Um, you know, when it comes to health, health is a big part of, of 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 whether or not you win an NBA title, whether or not you win a Super Bowl, whether or not you win a World Series, whether or not you win a Stanley Cup. Health. And last season, the Rockets, during money time, which was you know conference final time, Dwight Howard wasn't healthy. You know, their point guard, Patrick Beverly, wasn't healthy. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love weren't healthy. Health. The Atlanta Hawks weren't healthy. And and I'm talking about the the, the top four, the final four teams. Only team that was healthy was the Golden State Warriors. And if they can stay healthy and continue to be a healthy team, Seventy games could be possible. One sixty-seven last season. Off to a ten and zero start right now. Getting big time play from Steph Curry, of course, and you know leading this team. And, and you know they they, they play a, a nice brand of basketball. They really do. And right now, you know they're they're ten and zero. And here's the thing. And you know we don't we don't crown NBA ten, champions. After ten basketball games, you know the the Cleveland Cavaliers are seven and one out there in the Eastern Conference. San Antonio six and two. They only lost two games. OKC is is Westbrook and Durant. They're still there. You know the Rockets. You know the, they're they're a little up and down right now, but they still got Harden and Dwight Howard. The Clippers, Blake, CP3, DeAndre Jordan. You know they still got their big guns. So, you know, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. But right now, I'm just marveling at Steph Curry. Yeah, and I don't think it's out of question to say that Steph Curry could possibly be the best player in basketball. Am I prepared to do that at this point in time? No. There's still a guy who wears number 23 in Cleveland who goes by the name of LeBron James. There's still that guy out there. There's still that guy there. There's still that guy out there who's, also putting up big-time numbers, who's a stat sheet stuffer. You know, this, this is still a guy who can, who can stuff the stat sheet better than Steph Curry. He can stuff the stat sheet, you know. And, and you know, 25, 6, and 6. That's a stat sheet stuffer. But he's still big-time. He's still playing at ultimately all-time all, all ridiculous level. We'll see if Steph Curry can keep that 33.3 points per game going. That should be interesting. That's a, that's a tough mark to stay, to, to stay at. We'll see if he can stay there, and, and we'll see if he can win the scoring title. It should be interesting, but I, I'll tell you this. The Golden State Warriors are going to be a tough out for anybody. The Golden State Warriors right now are on – you know, they're, they're a team that's looking the part of, of repeating. They look like they're going to do it. Again, they're going to be there. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they're most definitely going to be there, and they're going to be a ridiculously, ridiculously tough out. Absolute ridiculously tough out. They're going to be a tough out. And so it should be fun. It should most definitely be fun, for sure. Jamarcus Cousins. And and you know we we know the situation. Him and George Carl not getting along. Apparently, 
he cursed out George Carl recently, and you know there, uh, there was talk in the off season that George Carl was none too fond of him, and George Carl was talking about, you know, it's either him or me, and you know the the the, the seem like that Cousins might be traded or Carl might be fired, you know, so that they, they, these two obviously have not been getting along, and are still not getting along. And, and the reality is, with these two teams, these two uh, guys not getting along, how long? How how long does it last? I mean, George Carl has some, you know, beefs with with super beats with beef has beefs with some of his stars. I mean, we we've seen him recently we with, with Melo, Carmelo Anthony, you know, George Carl, and what the, the there's some snake in the grass, and you know he, he's he's a snake in the grass, and, and all the other good stuff. When it comes to bad stuff, I should say, when it comes to George Carl. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, if, if if I'm Vladi Divac, Vladi Divac in the in the, in the Kings organization, I, I mean, Demarcus Cousins is a uh, is is big time. You know, he, he could be one of the best centers in the game of basketball. And so, when you look at it, and you look at it, and before we get to that, you know, I'm just looking at all the people that talked about snakes in the grass when it comes to George Carl. Boogie Cousins did that uh, June 2015. Mello did it February 24th of, of, of 2011. When the grass is cut, snakes will show. That's a tweet. Andre Guadala, when the grass is cut. March four, May fourteen, twenty fourteen, Ty Lawson, too many snakes in the field, and then J.R. Smith, too many snakes in the grass. Gotta get that long cut. So, uh, you know, a lot of individuals talking about George Carl and talking about that snake in the grass. That snake in the grass. And, and so reality is you got a snake in the grass with George Carl. I mean, Mello said it. J.R. Smith said it. Ty Lawson said it. Andre Iguodala said it. And Carl and, not, and DeMarcus Cousins said it. Got a lot of people talking about that snake in the grass. And, and so, you know, George Carl, very good coach in this league. Has been for years, but let's be real when it comes to George Carl. What has he won? Has he won anything? Uh, what, 94? He had that big time Sonics team that lost in the first round to the Denver Nuggets to Kembe Mutombo holding the basketball in the air. He did get that team to the NBA Finals in 1996 with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and those boys. But ever since then, what has, what has he done? What has he done? I mean, 2001, he took the Milwaukee Bucks to the conference finals, lost to the Philadelphia 76ers. He had some success in Denver getting them to the conference finals where they lost to the Lakers. But at the end of the day, if 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 I'm the Sacramento Kings and Vladi Diva, and I'm looking at my stud center in DeMarcus Cousins, who's a walking double-double, who's, a, who's dominant, who's big time, who's one of the best bigs in basketball. If I'm looking at that guy, and I'm looking at George Carl, and I'm looking at George Carl, and I'm looking at the history of George Carl, and I'm looking at the snakes in the grass when it comes to George Carl, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, is 24 and 10. 24 and 10. There's not many bigs in the National Basketball Association that can give you 24 and 10. Just not happening. This is a dude last season, 24 and 9. Excuse me, 24 and 12. 22 and 11. The year before that. So you're talking about 20 and 10. 20 and 10. That 
it's hard to find. I know, uh, you know, it's, you know, you're the Sacramento Kings and you're trying to build something there. You know, but you got a lot of people, a lot of players complaining about George Carl. This is a coach, this is a, a player's league. This is a player's league. Divock came out today and said George Carl's job is not in jeopardy. But should it be? If 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 I had to choose between George Carl or DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins drew a line in the sand and said, it's either me or George Carl, guess where I'm going? Guess who I'm siding with? I'm siding with 24 and 10. I, I'm siding with, with, with one of the best bigs in basketball. I'm siding with a dominant big man. I'm siding with 20 and 10 over the last three seasons. That's what I'm siding with. Siding with. I, I, I'm not siding with with George Carl. I'm not siding with snakes in the grass. I'm not siding with that. I'm not siding with George Carl. So if it was up to me, and this is a player's league, players win championships. Superstars with championships in the NBA. And if it's up to me, if you had to, my choice of George Carl or DeMarcus Cousins, I've seen the George Carl story. I, I, I've seen it over the years. And I haven't been very impressed with it. Yeah, NBA Finals a year, one year, 96. Yeah, a conference final, what was that, 2004, I believe, with the Nuggets? Yes, the conference finals with the Milwaukee Bucks back in 2001. But at the end of the day, if he can't get along with his superstars, if we hear all these people talking about snakes in the grass when it comes to George Carl, maybe it's George Carl. And I'm not saying DeMarcus Cousins has been the pillar of, of, of you know, he, I'm not saying he's the guy that you, who, who, does not come with his issues. He has some issues, sure. But at the end of the day, if I had to choose, I'm choosing DeMarcus Cousins over George Carl. I've seen the George Carl story before. Hasn't won a championship. We're going to bring in a guy now, Hall of Famer, big-time player throughout the course of his NFL career. Let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. Willie. Well, well what are they getting into it about? You can't let you can't you know let the, let the player run the team. I mean, this isn't the first coach that the uh, Marcus Cousins has had issues with since he's been in Sacramento. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But here's the thing: like, okay, George Carl is a very good coach, but you know, I I kind of seen the George Carl story before. It doesn't equate to a championship. You know, success, but it doesn't equate to a championship. And I'm looking at DeMarcus Cousins, and I'm looking at, you know, 20 and 12 over the past three seasons. You know, over 20 points, at least 10 boards a game over the past three seasons. I'm like, I, I got to side with 20 and 10 over uh, George Carr, who, you know, we've seen the script before, and the script has not really ended well. Well, why are they getting into it? What's the problem? Well, I mean, you know, we 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 they've had issues in the past. You know, we all know uh, in the off season there was talk that apparently that George Carl was not happy with uh, Demarcus Cousins. He wanted him gone. Then event apparently they smoothed it out. The other day they had a, a, a confrontation. Apparently Demarcus Cousins cursed out George Carl after a loss to San Antonio, and. You know, so from that point, why, 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 is he along. The coach? why is he coaching the coach? That part is not clear, but there are talk that some of the other players are a little frustrated with George Carl at this point. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, Rudy Gay, Ben McLemore, none of those guys have won anything in the NBA. So, I mean, who are those guys at the end of the day? But, you know, they're not getting along. And they didn't get along last season as well. So, I, I think at some point, Somebody, you got to make a decision. Either you go with George Carl, because it, it, it's becoming obvious that these two 
cannot coexist. You go with George Carl or you go with DeMarcus Cousins, and to me, I got to go with DeMarcus Cousins. Years is, how many years does Carl have left on the contract? He just he just came, so I believe he's, what, three three about three years on his contract? Left? He just came. Yeah, he he just got Was it, it a five-year deal or was it a three-year deal? I mean, because you're going to have to eat a lot of money if you let him go now. But my thing is this. I understand you're gonna have you know you're gonna to have to eat some money for sure, but he's not getting along with your he's not getting along with your superstar. Him and the superstar are not getting along. They're not getting okay, along. Okay, how good how good is okay how good is the superstar if he's putting up them numbers on the losing team? They got to so start I'm, winning for you to be a superstar. That's true. That's true. I, I want to see some wins. That's true, but I mean. George Carl has three years left on he has this year and he has two more years after this. But you know, I I, I get your point. You do want to see some wins when it comes to a, a, a superstar. No, I mean he's not a superstar, but he's a star. You want to see some wins with a star. But you know they're building something in Sacramento. Do you continue building around Demarcus Cousins or do you say, you know what, enough is enough. He is who he is. I know he's big time. I know he puts up big time numbers, but do we trade him and go to it? You know, go in a different direction and try to improve our team elsewhere. You know, in another direction and move from, move on from there. I mean, that, that's the question they have to answer at some point. But you know, you twenty and ten doesn't grow on trees. You know what I mean? It's, it's not readily available out there. So I'm like, okay. Well, I, this I is the problem with Demarcus Cousins. If, if you're going to get the most out of him. You got to put him around a group of, group of good veteran players that have been around, that know how to win, that know how to be pros, that 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 that, that are going to be disciplined and and teach him how to be a pro. He's 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 got great ability, great talent, but he still doesn't know how to be a pro and behave himself like a pro. You don't coach coach out the head coach. I don't care what the situation is. When he coached out the head coach, he was basically you know. Uh, uh, disassociating himself from management because the, the management hired the coach, so you can't cuss out the head coach. If you do that in front of everybody, that's the total sign of disrespect. For other than grabbing him and touching him, like like uh, Spreewell did, PJ Carmesimo, right. is the coach out the coach. That's, that's, you can't do that. You can't do that, right. Paul. You're right. No, I, I totally agree. And to your point, you look at the uh, the, the Kings roster. It's not a lot of veterans. There's a Karan Butler there. I mean, you know, but it's not a veteran-filled basketball team. There's not, you know, those guys in the locker room who can kind of police the locker room, if you will. So, I mean, you know, it's a young basketball team. Rondo is there, but, you know, Rondo has, you know. Rondo's a knucklehead. That's another knucklehead. He could be up and down, too. He could be up and down, too. So, it's 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 a difficult, you know, uh, interesting situation in Sacramento. And you wonder how it's going to end, but I can't. I think it's going to end with either one of them traded or one of them fired. So, but if 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 you're asking me, I'm firing George Carl and I'm keeping Demarcus Cousins, and I'm working from there. But we'll see. We'll see how they work out uh, moving forward when it comes to the Sacramento Kings. Let, let's move to NFL now. And and Greg Hardy, you know that Greg Hardy. We saw the photos last week uh, of of the woman and that whole situation. Obviously, the photos are not good. Obviously, what Greg Hardy may have yeah, done we, 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 no, I mean, good. we can't say how she got all those injuries. We don't know if she fell, if she slipped. I mean, I mean, I mean, they say she fell on the back of those gloves or whatever. How did she get all them bruises on the back? I mean, I don't, I don't know how she got all them injuries. I don't know, you know, if she fell, what happened to make her get the injuries. There's no video proof of what happened. So how can you say how she got all the injuries? Well, here's what I say. I mean, you know, there there is the the the, the report out there, the, the the police transcripts that are out there. You know, ultimately, ultimately, you know, they did get a conviction. Ultimately, that conviction was over. Well, Greg Hardy did appeal, and you know, she didn't show up, and he paid her, and they moved forward. But you know, they got the conviction, and I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think Greg. Do I think Greg Hardy is a good dude? Do I think he has some issues at this point? 
I think he has a lot of it. I think he does have some issues. But do I think he should still be allowed to play? I do. I mean, because I, I, there's a lot of dudes, there's a lot of people. Well, I think he's got a lot of dudes with issues in the National Football right. League. Was, was you just saw what Dez Bryant did. You heard about the story about Rat, Ratcliffe, the defensive lineman for the Chicago Bears did yeah. before they cut him in Chicago. So there's always been guys with issues in the National Football League. It's a high-stress, high-emotional job. So the main thing is for a guy like Greg Hardy is to keep that under control. He should still be doing some type of anger management and taking some type of courses, not for the not for the NFL, to help him with his life. He needs to get his life together and make sure he can deal with situations that occur in life, like the situation that already occurred that he got in trouble, so he can handle himself and conduct himself in a better way. So regardless of how good a football player he is, he needs to take some courses and do stuff to make him a better person and to help him deal with his life. Look at Terrell Lawrence. How much of a change the T.O. has changed from the person he was in the NFL to the person you see now. So it's not about football. It's about him making sure his life has structure and balance and he can deal with stuff after he gets to playing football. For sure. And, and, and here's and, – and for sure. And, and that's – I mean, at the end of the day, that's one of the biggest things, you know, get his life right off the field. But I, I think the problem is with Greg Hardy, and I think at the end of the day, you're still – no matter what he does, you're still going to have people – who hate him and is, are going to dislike him. But I think what Greg Hardy could do is do a better job of being just a little more, you know, contrite. You know, can, you know, be act. I mean, if, if he can't act, I mean, if he's not really contrite, at least act it. I mean, he's got to do a better job of 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 selling, and, and, and he's got to do a better job of, of acting like he is contrite. But here's what I'll say: even if you act like you're you're sorry and everything, I look at Michael Vick. I mean, Michael Vick came out of prison, you know, and he was contrite. He got involved with, with uh, the Humane Society. You know, he, he did a bunch of different things, and people still hate him. So, I mean, even if Greg Hardy would, have, would would go out and be contrite and, you know, act like he's sorry, and I'm not saying he's not sorry, but act like he's sorry, I, I still think people would hate him, and I still think there would be a lot of people who would not want him in the National Football League, just like there was a lot of people who didn't want Michael Vick in the National Football League. I mean, I, I still think the hate would be real. It would be real, and I think the hate would be big time for Greg Hardy, no matter what he does. But I think he could do a better job of being a little more contrite and, and you know, at least act like you're sorry. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you. And, and it started when he came out with them comments right before the New England Patriot game, the first time he got on camera. And then him acting the him acting the fool and doing the stuff on the sideline, you right. know, it just looks it just looks like he's a little bit out of control. So I don't know if you want to say I, maybe if he, even if he is contrite and apologizing and he's acting control out of control, then you still you still have a person that's acting out of control. Even if they do say the right things, if he's running up and down the sideline acting out of control, people are still gonna be talking, and he's got to understand that the cameras are on him. And they're watching what he's doing. So he has to understand that he's uh, he's on the camera just like Des Bryant, who flipped out the other day uh, in the locker room, and then they and, and went off about what some writer said. You know, he's another one too that is border, you know, been borderline. But the Cowboys are known to have these type of guys, and uh, Jerry Jones think I think he thinks he can control these guys and get the best out of them on the field. But you know, like you said, he's still dealing with. You gotta, you know, keep an eye on these guys twenty four seven, and that's that's not easy to do. And, and here's the thing, also, when it comes, I mean, we can, you know, to me, if you really want to think about it, if you want to say whose situation is better in terms of of overall, I would say Ray Rice is a guy that, you know, before Ray Rice's situation, Ray Rice was a, you know, had a great reputation in the National Football League, and a lot of it was very well respected. So to me, you know, if if we're talking about just in terms of the type of person that might be, I would think I would say Ray Rice is a guy who, if we're just talking person, should have gotten another opportunity at this point before Greg Hardy. But it's not about the type of person they are. It's about production. And Greg Hardy, again, a lot more productive than Ray Rice was before the incident. So Greg Hardy's a sack machine. And so – there's always going to be a place for Greg Hardy somewhere in the league. 
Somewhere in the league, I think there's always going to be a place for Greg Hardy. Well, somewhere, guy, and, he's, and he's making damn good money. He, made, he got paid last year, and was he making $11 million this year? So Greg Hardy ain't at the bottom of the totem pole for not getting paid. Greg Hardy's making very good money this year. But Ray Rice, every time you see Ray Rice, he's with his wife. He's working right. out, he's doing stuff with his wife. We also know that Ray Rice and his wife were drinking a lot that night. The incident did happen. So alcohol was involved in that incident. Right. And Ray Rice, you know, has uh, missed his time. He came out, he apologized. Obviously his wife forgave him. I think they have a child together. So every time we see him, he's with his wife. And they seem to be and, doing fine. So right. we have to say that. Now, we don't know what Greg Hardy's doing, but I know we saw a video of Greg Hardy when he made a rap video the year when he wasn't playing football, I did see that video. Right. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is I don't think Greg Hart's apologetic for anything because he hasn't had to be. He got paid. He's getting paid this year. He's playing good. He knows there's going to be somebody's going to play him. He's going to sign another deal making more money next year than he did this year. So what does he have to be apologetic for, Paul? I, and so that's, that's, I mean, that's a great point. That's a great point. He's never had a reason to be apologetic. If you don't have a reason to be apologetic, why would you be apologetic? And, and in comparison to Ray Rice, Ray Rice has a re- – Ray Rice, you know, he's got to be apologetic, and he has been apologetic. And that was always my point with Ray, Ray Rice. Like, again, the video was awful. What happened was awful. But I will say this. I mean, his wife – you know, his fiance ultimately became his wife. And, you know, we don't know – I mean, in the public eye, they worked it out. I, I, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but they're telling me they worked it out. They are together. Seemingly, they're working it out. So that's, I mean, when it, when it comes to that, I mean, everybody has issues and situations within their relationship. And, again, I'm not excusing hitting a woman. That's never acceptable at any point at any time. But what I'm saying is that, you know, people do have situations within their relationships, and Ray Rice and his, his, his then-fiancé, now-wife, had a situation within their relationship, and maybe that situation has brought them back together and brought them back together stronger. Maybe that adversity has made their relationship stronger. I don't know. But, you know, I don't know if Ray Rice will ever get another chance, and I think it's unfortunate. I think it's very unfortunate because I think, you know, he's, I, I think he is contrite, and, you know, before this he had a pretty good reputation. But I don't know if he'll ever get a shot again. Time well, he had a great he had a great reputation, but I just think, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I just think that, like you said, his production was down, and I think the reason he hasn't got a chance is because of production more now than anything. Because right now, if somebody picked up Ray Rice, I don't think it's going to be some crazy big story that they picked up Ray Rice like Michael Vick coming back into the league. I don't think I don't it's think going so. to be that type of situation. I just think that Ray Rice hasn't got an opportunity because production is down. I don't think it has anything to do with the situation about him, about the uh, uh, incident with his wife anymore. I just think it's just about the production and they can they can pick up other backs and, you know, Pierre Thomas got picked up the other, the other day by, was it, the 49ers when uh, Bush got hurt and he had been sitting out there all year too. So there's a lot of backs available, some available for a job and some of them are a little younger and don't have as much tread on the ties as Ray Rice, and I think that's what it is more than anything else at this point. And, and, and yeah, I mean, and here I think at the end of the day it comes down to this. 214 carries, 660 yards back in 2013. I think at the end of the day that lack of production. But it, it's kind of unfair because if you really look at his numbers before that subpar season, I mean, he, he four straight years of 1,000-plus yards. So, I mean – you know, it's an unfortunate situation. Obviously, at the end of the day, he put it on himself. But, you know, I just think we've become such a culture where if you if you make one mistake, you, we, we judge you on that mistake instead of judging you on your body of work. And, and that's unfortunate. And I think we're, we're a society and a culture, because I think of social media and everything, we're, we're quick to make judgment and judge people instead of, you know, let the story play out. And, and also instead of you know, looking at the history of the man and the person. So, I mean, it, it's an unfortunate situation, but Ray Rice put it on himself, and hopefully he can get another shot. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. And Willie, we look now around the league, we look at the Carolina Panthers, and we look at Cam Newton, and we look at a team right now 8-0 and at this point in time. 
they went and played the Green Bay Packers, the mighty Green Bay Packers, and, you know, they dominated most of that football game. The Packers made a run there at the end. But the, the, as you look at the Carolina Panthers, you know, no Calvin Benjamin, you know, seemingly not a lot of weapons on the offensive side of football. But this team is 8-0, and and Cam Newton, while the numbers aren't eye-popping, you know, the numbers aren't – they don't really stand out to you. This is an 8-0 football team. Cam Newton's one of the reasons this team is 8-0 along with that defense. But looking at Cam Newton now, I mean, is he an MVP caliber? You know, should he be in the discussion for MVP, even though his numbers are, you know, fairly average? Yes. I think he should be in the discussion for MVP. I think what he's been able to do and the way he comes out and leads that team every week, he's got to be in the top two or three players for the MVP discussion. Also, it's going to be important with them without those weapons for them to try to, at this point, to go and try to get home field advantage and get that bye week. That's going to be very important for that team. If they can get bye week, get a bye week and get home field, it's going to be tough to beat them in Carolina. So if they can end up the season 14-2 and get that bye week and uh, you got to come to Carolina to beat them, that's a tough place to play a football game. And, uh, and, they, and they, they don't play the – the the the, uh, the normal game like everybody throwing the ball up and down the field, but they grind it out. They play old school football. Sometimes it's ugly, but they find a way to win. And uh, you know, I don't know his turnover ratio this year. Or how many yards he has passed compared to run running this year? I know he doesn't have the numbers that some of the other offenses put up, but they do make the plays when they gotta make the plays. I gotta give a lot of credit to that offensive line, the way it's played. The tight end is really his main weapon, Olsen, and that offensive line uh, with Michael Orr. Everybody talking about Michael Orr like he was done, and they let him go in Tennessee, and that was my old line coach when I first made all Pro, pro Bowls. Uh, 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 the line coach that's up there now that coached me uh, in New Orleans when I first came into the league, him and Michael Orr have a great relationship. It goes back to when he was coaching him in Baltimore, and I know Coach had a lot to do with him coming up to uh, to Carolina, and uh, and and and, uh, and they've done a great job. And Michael and that line, they've done a great job for Cam. And, and uh, it's fun to watch those guys play because they play good team ball, and you can tell that that's a team where these guys compete for each other and uh, and lay it on the line for each other. And you're talking about the offensive line coach John Matsko who's off the line for the Carolina Panthers at this point in time. I mean, yes, you know, he's he's doing big time. He's putting up big time numbers. You know, as a whole, 246 pass attempts, uh, 269 rush attempts for the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton has 73 rushing attempts himself, has five touchdowns as well on the ground. So 14 passing, five touchdowns on the ground, a total of 19 touchdowns. Those nine interceptions are a little high. You want to see that number a little lower. But this 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 team is, is going to be formidable. They're going to be a, a team that's going to be right there. I don't I don't look at it. I, I don't look at this team as as you know. This is not an unbeatable football team. I think this is definitely a very beatable football team. And I think this football team, you know, Packers, you know, maybe if they can get a little healthier, you know, they're going to be a tough team. I think they're going to be there. And you know, Arizona's going to be that's, a tough that's team why, as well. That's why I said it's important for them Paul, to get home field. They're, 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 they've been t- they were tough, and they won a big game against Seattle on the road. But they're going to be hard to beat if they get home field and get a bye week. For sure, for sure. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rolfe, and Willie, we, we we look at it now. We look at the Indianapolis Colts now. Andrew Luck, he's gone for two to two to four six weeks at this point uh, with a lacerated liver with the kidney issue and the and the ribs and everything. You you look at you look at the Indianapolis Colts now, and, you know, obviously had a lot of success with Matthew Hasselbeck. He came off the bench and got them a couple victories. But right now they're 4-5. and five. They're not playing in a very good division. And because they're not playing in a very good division, I still think this team can hold on and get to the playoffs. Do you agree with that? I mean, you know, they're, they're in first place, but the Texans are behind them. But the Texans are 3-5 and five and not very formidable. You got the Jaguars in that division. You also got the Tennessee Titans. Do the whole Colts hold on and win that division? I think the Colts still can win the division, and uh, I just think at this point, with with only with week ten, 
you know, Andrew Luck with with all the with all the injuries he's they have been talking about with the lacerated kidney and, and the incident, incident injuries he has. I just think it might be, be might be best off him to shut it down, to shut it down until they make the playoffs. You know, if they make the playoffs, then then he he come back and play. But I just think it's better for him right now. He needs to rest that body up. He's been through a lot lot this year, and uh, that line's got to get a lot better. Uh, you know, David, that kid's been, I don't know how many times he's been sacked or hit. You can look it up, but I know he took off, he laid his body on the, on the ground, on the, on the, on the line last week and he took a shot. I know he's running down the field trying to get his first down and they were in the getting close to the red zone, but, uh, the kid's taking a lot of hits this year and I, and you gotta have a lot of respect for him for finishing that game and playing the way he did. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, the fans have been on him and everybody's been on him. But uh, I just think it's, he needs a he needs to rest up by him for at least a good month or, or longer before he tries to come back. For sure, and, and and I think fortunately for him, being that he plays in such a bad division, I think that's going to be very helpful to the Colts situation. And I think ultimately they can hold on, and I think ultimately they can get to the playoffs. And if Andrew Luck is healthy, obviously if you win the division, you're going to get that home playoff game in that wild card round probably. And so, you you know, you at least have an opportunity to get a home playoff game and possibly get to the divisional round, and who knows who's going to be there. You could have Peyton Manning and Denver Broncos, and Peyton Manning, he, he's been up and down, and you could have Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals there, and Andy Dalton, we know Andy Dalton, he's been up and down, especially when it comes to the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't think it's a dire situation, Indy, and I think with the right matchups, who knows, they can still get back to the AFC Championship game. Who knows? But we'll see. The Cowboys... Same situation, obviously. Tony Romo not expected back to week 11. This is a team now 2-6, and six, lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. But I look at this football team and I say, fortunately for them, you know, they're in the NFC East, and the NFC East is not very good. You know, the, the, the team with the number one record is the New York Giants. They're 5-4, and four, but the New York Giants aren't formidable. The Cowboys are two games behind in the loss column to the New York Giants. But are the Cowboys done at this point? I would say with all the injuries they've had and with the situation going on in Dallas, uh, they haven't won a game. They've had a chance to since uh, Greg Hardy and the defense I thought was going to be able to step up and help them win a game. They still haven't won a game. And I understand the quarterback play wasn't that good, and now they put Castle in. And... Um, I just I don't I don't I don't I don't see I don't see them um, making the playoffs this year. We'll see. I mean, their, their schedule it's got Tampa still. They got Tampa, Miami, Carolina, Washington, Green Bay, Jets, Bills, and Redskins. It might be very difficult after looking at that schedule. Green Bay still on that schedule. You got uh, Carolina on that schedule. You know that's going to be a difficult. That's difficult. It's going to be difficult. Buffalo still on that schedule. So you're right, it, it could be curtains for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I do think this was the most talented team in the NFC East before the injuries, but at this point in time, you know, you have no quarterback. It's going to be very difficult to win in the National Football League. And, you know, you want your backup to at least give you one or two games, give you one or two victories, and they couldn't even do that. And so, you know, it's going to be difficult for the Dallas Cowboys. Brandon Wheaton couldn't do it, and Matt Castle could not do it as well. Before we get out of here, let me quick NBA question for you. Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors, 10 and 0. Steph Curry averaging 33 points per game, doing it big time, shooting 53% from the field, 47% from downtown. I want to ask you this, and then, you know, I want to get your opinion. You know, you love you love the sport of basketball. To me, have we ever seen a guy shoot threes off the dribble the way Steph Curry has? I, I don't think we have. No, we haven't. And and I wasn't around to see Pete Maravich shoot the ball, but uh, we haven't seen a guy that 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 shoots the ball off the dribble like that. And and I, I don't think I ever would have thought that it would have been a guy his size. What is it? One hundred fifty pounds, fifty five pounds, soaking wet. Other than Allen Iverson, who was smaller, I haven't seen a guy take over and dominate the way he dominated. And Clay Thompson even even. Playing like he was last year. I mean, I mean, Steph Curry. If you watch, he, he, he's passing the ball at the right time. He makes two or three uh, circle shots every game. And I mean, it's the game is slowed down him. He's, 
was in high school and Michael Jordan around them 85, 86 season when he was scoring 30. If Michael Jordan didn't score 30, he thought he had off night. Same thing with Steph Curry. If Steph doesn't score 30, 30 plus, you know, if he doesn't score 35, 40, it's like he had off night. And the only person I remember in my lifetime seeing that, see do that, and it, you know, and he said he had off night was Michael Jordan. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous because he almost becomes unguardable because he's breaking you down from downtown. I mean, he's crossing you over and and, and doing all these fancy dribbling and still, you know, hitting it and just raising up on you from awkward angles from downtown and hitting it. I mean, forty-seven percent from downtown. There's dudes well, out here. And, and Paul, the problem is if you get a double on stuff. You got Draymond Green shooting dudes. You got Clay Thompson. Yeah. You got Equal Dollar. All of them can shoot. So who you gonna guard? Pick your right. poison. You, you got you got you got uh, the kid coming off the bench. The, uh, uh, the, the the guard that you spent for the Clippers coming off the bench. You know the, all those guys can shoot. But Harrison Barnes. I mean you can't. Yeah. That's they're shut up with all these shooters. All of them can shoot. That's the problem. You got the boy coming off the bench, the big guy that can shoot the ball coming off the bench. I mean, who you gonna, who you going to double up on? Because if you double up on somebody, somebody else going to shoot the three. It, 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 it's, 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 it's a team that's going to be – they're going to be there. You know, they're going to be tough to beat. You know, Maurice Spates comes off the bench. Do, do, you, think they, do you think they will break the Bulls' record of 72-10? and 10? They can, but – you know, a big part of that is health. If they can stay healthy the way they have over last season, they can do it. They most definitely can do it. I mean, they're 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 picked. They picked up where they left left off last season, and and they're like, I mean, they 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 look unbeatable. They really do look unbeatable. Uh, and, and I will say this. I will say this, Paul. I've said LeBron is the best player in the league for the last few years. I gotta say right now, Steph Curry is the. I, I think he's got the guys complimenting him around him to make him do what he does better. But right now, Steph Curry is the show. Steph Curry is the best player in the league, and he's showing and he's proven this year that the MVP last year was not a fluke because he's he's played his game at a, at a higher level than he was. And like I said, it might be a trend if, if you get some more guys that come out. And see the type of the, his game, and can come out and replicate that. Because I don't think Paul, for his height and size, because everybody said that coming out of college, out of Davidson, he was undersized, and you know he had all of, he had them ankle problems, and he couldn't stay healthy at first. Well, now he's healthy, and now he looks like he's a little thicker. His body's filled out a little more from now he's growing up. So he's just not filling out. You know, his body's filling out. He's getting stronger. You know, what I'm saying he's a little heavier. I mean, he, he looks like an NBA player now, not a little kid. But I mean, what, I mean, what what what's he gonna be able to do in the next for the next three or four years? It's gonna be man. And the thing was with him is always was you know and I, I believe he signed a four year forty four million dollar contract a few years back. And the thing was you know at the time you look at Steph Curry, he was having issues with his ankles, and you know you were wondering mm-hmm. whether or not he could stay healthy. For a period of time, and then, and then you look at him. I mean, after ten games, I mean, I'm still going to go with LeBron as the best player in basketball. But I don't think if you put if you come out there and say Steph Curry is what is the best player in basketball, that you're crazy because you look at his numbers, and I know it's only been ten games, but 33 points, five rebounds, and five assists per game. I mean, that's you know, and I look at LeBron's numbers: 25, six, and six. I, I'm looking at five and five. At 33 points per game, I'm looking at a guy who makes almost half of his three-point shots per game, shooting almost 50, what, 47% from three-point range, shooting 53% from the field. I mean, no, no, right and now and playing. And Paul, they're playing defense. Steph, they get up, Steph plays defense, too. He, I mean, he's just not doing it on one end. He'll, he'll rebound, like you said, he rebounds assists. But those guys are playing, I've never th- thought a Golden State team would be playing better defense, but these kids are playing defense, too. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they, they teed it up a little bit last season, but to your point, I mean, they're seventh in points allowed per game in the NBA. 
97 points per game, seventh. So, you know, they're averaging almost they're averaging almost 115 points per game, and they're only giving up 97 points per game. This team is is, is going to be tough to beat, and and this Steph Curry could go down as the best, maybe the best shooter in NBA history. But I'll tell you this, I'll I'll say this right now. I think he's the best shooter, three point shooter off the dribble in NBA history. I, I don't think we've seen a guy do it off the dribble. Reggie Miller, he did it off screens. Ray Allen did a little bit off the dribble, but not like Steph Curry. Off not like Steph Curry. Yeah, all of them, you know, so this this guy does it off the dribble. I mean, that's impressive. You know, you're doing it off the dribble. And his release is so fast, what can you do? Right. Just like his daddy. <laughs> just like his daddy. His release is, you know, fast just well, like his daddy's release. And, 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 and the crazy thing about it is his handles are so good now. His right. handles are unbelievable. You know, his handles are it's just... What he can do with that basketball, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you have to put the right people around around him. I'll say this: LeBron would be, if you took LeBron, it would be more, he could do more with less talent. But if you put the right people around Steph Curry, what he's able to do for a basketball team and playing the way he's playing, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know, Paul. That'd be a tough call with the way that kid's playing right now. I mean, will you tell me? Who everybody, who everybody wants to see play right now? Right now, if you ask the kid who they want to see, I think most of them are gonna say Steph Curry before they say LeBron James. You think? I mean, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's there yet. I think it's getting there. Oh, uh, it's, it's getting there. Yet. It's getting there, Paul. you know what it is. He he makes he makes shooting the basketball sexy. You know what I mean? He makes it sexy. You know, you you know, a lot of people want to see the dunks and everything, but. You're watching Steph Curry now, and you, the way he shoots the basketball. And, and even, you know, you look at it, in, in some respect, to me, sometimes, in my opinion, almost almost the, the three-point shooting contest has overtaken the dunk contest, in my opinion. So, it has. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's playing at a ridiculous level. It's only ten games, but at this point, after ten games, like I said, the numbers are ridiculous. And if he keeps it up, or you know, even stays close to it, um, he, he's going to repeat as the MVP. I don't think there's no question about that. But it's going to be fun. Still, a lot of basketball should be fun. Willie, appreciate it, man. I work. Take it easy. Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, and uh, you know, Steph Curry is is amazing. You marvel at his shot. You marvel at his ability. Uh, just, I mean, he's ridiculous. I think that's the only thing you could say. It's like a video game. It's, it's like 2K16, and the way the way those video game guys shoot threes. That's the way it is. But we'll see what happens moving forward. It's only ten games, but after ten games, it's been a heck of a sample for Will uh, uh, Steph Curry, Greg Hardy. Going back to him now, and and here's my thing with Greg Hardy. I don't think he's a great. I, you know, I think he has some issues. I think he has a lot of things to work on. Do I think he's a good guy at this point in time? Probably not. But do I think he ultimately can become a good guy? Sure, if he gets the help necessary and if he tries to become a good guy. But here's my thing. You know, I'm not here to defend what happened on that night with him and Nicole Holder. There's nothing to defend. I mean, you know, based off transcripts, based off of of, uh, pictures and things of that nature, you know, and here's my thing. You know, the, the, the outrage that people have had at this point now, you know, talking about it like, I mean, you, like they can't read. I mean, read the transcripts. You know, read the court transcripts. You know, read it. All you, all you got to do is read it. You can see it. You don't need pictures to, you, all you need is, is to be able to comprehend what you read. You know, obviously it wasn't good. Obviously it was not a good situation. But people know. They they, they know. They know. And, and, I, I, I always contend this. Anybody that believes the NFL cares about domestic violence or any corporation cares about social issues is crazy because they don't. They're not in the business to care about social issues. They're in the business to make money, and that's what they've been doing, making money. The NFL is making a ridiculous amount of money at this point in time. You know, there's really no doubt about it. There's really no arguing. It's making a, a boatload of money. They're, they're, they're raking in the dollars, and and you can and they they can talk about player safety all they want, but they got guys playing on Thursday night after playing on Sunday. 
You know, they, they don't care about those things. They care about money-making opportunities. And in any way, in any, way, any point, at any time they can make money, they're going to find a way to uh, make money, and that's what they've been doing, making money. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, don't, don't, don't do it. But my thing is this, hate them or love them. And, you know, the thing is, Ray Rice, like I said, Ray Rice has been much more contrite than, than Greg Hardy. Ray Rice actually married his fiance. Ray Rice has seemingly done all the things necessary uh, to, to merit a comeback. Michael Vick did all the things necessary to merit to come, merit a comeback, but we still have a boatload of people out there picketing games, out there picketing every time Michael Vick signs. Every city, the the same old people from, go to Pittsburgh. They went to New York. They went to Philadelphia. They follow the. They go from Philly to Pittsburgh. To, I mean Philly to New York to Pittsburgh. They follow, and you know the, it, it continues to happen. And he's been very contrite. He's been a guy who who's went through the process of trying to 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 change things. To, to at least, you know, be a change agent, a, an agent of change, because he went and worked, did some things with the Humane Society. He's tried, and people still hate him. So don't give me this crap if Greg Cardi was more contrite. You know, people would love him. People wouldn't love him. They're still going to hate him. People still hate Ray Rice. People still believe Ray Rice shouldn't get another opportunity. People believe that Michael Vick shouldn't get another opportunity. Again, I'm not here to defend what their, their behavior. Their behavior is not here to be defended because you can't defend what they've done. But I'm here to just say this. Michael Vick has had this opportunity to walk out his second chance, and he's done a good job of it. At this point, Ray Rice, we haven't heard anything. I don't know, but seemingly they're working on things. Maybe the relationship got stronger. Let Greg Hardy work out, walk out his second chance. Let Greg Hardy walk out his second chance. And Greg Hardy has to do a better job of, of, of you know, acting like you. If you're not sorry, at least act like you're sorry. you got to do a better job of that. You know, you need to hire some kind of PR firm to, to take over your situation, to help your situation. you got to do it. Otherwise, if you don't, I mean, you're going to have what you have, putting out, you know, changing your uh, Twitter profile, innocent, guilty, so on and so forth. You know, just saying things about Tom Brady and his wife and stuff. You you got to come back, man. With with you got to be humble. You got to be quiet, and you got to you know you can't be acting out on the sideline. You know, you're saying no comment, and you look bad there too. I mean, you got to play the game a little better. You might not be sorry, but you have to play the game a little better. I mean, you got to do a better job playing the game. And, and so you know whether that's acting like you're sorry, whether that's getting a PR firm. Uh, you know, to put some positive vibes out there, whether it's you, you know, you know, doing some charity of some sort, that's what you have to do. And, and, and again, I'm not saying you're actually contrite. I'm not saying you're actually sorry. But you got to at least act the part up a little better. Now, again, at the end of the day, Greg Hardy, you know, he's a guy now that he will be vilified. He will be chastised, and he will be hated. And, again, that hate will be there no matter what he does. But he has to do better. He has to do better. We had a poll out there on Twitter, should the Cowboys cut Greg Hardy, yes or no. At this point, it's 50-50. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with this poll as it continues out the day. But it's 50-50 at this point. And so there's 50% say yes, 50% say no. So it's split right down the middle. I want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Hit us up on Twitter, at go for again. Also, also, hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for again. Hit us up there as, as we continue to talk sports and have fun doing it. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been back with you guys, you know, talking sports, having fun doing it. But we're back. You know, ready to go, ready to make big things happen, ready to talk some more sports, ready to have a lot more fun, and ready to just make it happen. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for again. And last but not least, hit us up on Twitter, at go for again. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you next Friday. Take care. Bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.